Hey, 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 it's, it's Della Nell. Hey, how you, how's it going? How are you? Hi, Rachel. How's it going? (laughs) It's been a while, Rachel. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hey, so I'm Della Nell. Um, and you're listening to the Watching the Webhead podcast, where we talk about watching the webhead, the web slinger, the web shooter, the web guy, the, the webmaster. The, anyway, okay. today's topic, you know. The MCU has done a great job. A lot of work has gone into creating this universe. A living, breathing, comic book universe. That we get to watch unfold in front of our very eyes. This is no different than reading a series of comic books. And I want... You know, that could be another episode for another day. But I really, you know, people that watch the movies but don't read the comics, I need you to understand that these movies are not adaptations of comic book events. They're not going like, if you watch like certain movies, right? And they say, oh, based off of the the bestseller such and such, right? And it's supposed to really go blow by blow with like maybe minor tweaks and stuff because Hollywood, you know, the Hollywood magic has to kind of, you know, change some things, you know, omit some things, maybe add a few. But for the most part, if you've read the book, you know exactly how the story is going to go in the comic book. I mean, in the uh, in the movie, right? If you read the book. Now, here's the thing, right? So we have... The MCU, which takes characters that we've seen in the comic books, but this is an, this is an entire new story. Okay, these are plot points that we. You know, there are a few, like the Infinity Saga, for instance, that was in the comics, but it completely played out a different way, right? And the comics, well, okay. I don't want to spoil anything about how it goes in the comics, but let's just say it's pretty different. Thanos's uh, motivation for why he wants to take out half of humanity, right? And um, story, the theme, the plot, kind of the same, but it's an original story, okay? And it's its own timeline. You know how in the comics there's multiple timelines, different parallel universes and things like that. The MCU is a its own branch of timeline. So it's not meant to be a continuation of what we already know or this or that. It's its own saga, its own legacy. The ultimate universe, for instance, in the Marvel cinema and um, the Marvel comics, that's actually my favorite line. Um, that produced Miles Morales. He originated from the Ultimate Universe. Um, but I was a fan of that since the video game Ultimate Spider-Man came out um, back in the early 2000s. So I've been a fan of the comic book series. It just so happened that, wow, Miles Morales now is is a big whoop. Uh, but anyway, 
I say all of that to say, Spider-Man has come a long way in the cinema universe, right? The movie rights are currently owned by Sony, and I'll talk about that in a different really, a different recording of you know Disney, Marvel, and Sony, and how they all share Spider-Man. But ultimately, Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man on the big screen. So if you see any movie with Spider-Man in it, Sony had to give the okay. Um, now, a lot of people have watched the Sam Raimi trilogy. A lot of people have watched the Mark Webb couple of movies. Oh, gosh. And now we're watching the current version with Tom Holland starring as Spider-Man within this mega giant universe known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. And for the past, like, who? It hasn't even been a month. Now, there, earlier this year, there were rumblings and grumblings about possibly getting all three live-action Spider-Man actors, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, to be in one movie. And when the animated Into the Spider-Verse movie came out, it picked up a lot of steam. Like, wow, what if we saw this in live action? And there's lots of memes on the internet already about that. You can see, you know, people want to see something like that unfold. And it would be amazing if it could happen. And apparently, within the past two to three weeks, maybe a month, all of a sudden, almost out of nowhere... Everyone signing on to be in this movie. Now it the it the ball started rolling with Jamie Foxx um signing on to be basically Electro like what he was in uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh two, right? He was Electro and he's reprising that role. I forgot there was a second actor, I think, that also signed on that was like, oh my gosh, wow. And then out of nowhere, we just started seeing all of these names attached to now we've got, you know, Alfred um, Molina. Oh, was it Molina? Or, uh, let, let me see. Let me see. I always forget his last name. I'm searching for it now. I think it's Molina, though. Yeah, Alfred Molina. Uh, he's going to be reprising his role as Dr. Octopus from uh, Spider-Man 2. A lot of people say Spider-Man 2 was the best uh, Spider-Man film of all time, one of the best superhero films of all time, and one of the best films of all time. It was a good, it was a great film. Um, it was. It just really was a great film. And he is a he was a phenomenal Doctor Octopus. When when you watch his performance, especially if you've read the comics, and that's the thing. Like this podcast isn't about the comic books, but obviously this character, these movies and shows are all derived from. They're all pulled from the comic books. So I have to make little references here and there, but. If you've read the comics and then watched the movies, you have a better appreciation 
of if a character is bringing that comic book character to life or not. William Defoe, phenomenal. Oh, just a great Green Goblin. If you like, you really like, he just brought that comic book character to life. Alfred Molina brought Doc Ock to life. Sandman and Venom, yeah. Sandman, the Sandman actor was good, but he didn't sound like the Sandman from the movies. Uh, from the uh, comics. Sandman in the comics is more of an idiot. Kind of like, duh, uh. But in the movie, he was actually like pretty intelligent, like, and like very, uh, very um, human. He seemed very human, um, which I thought was a nice little twist. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Andrew Garfield apparently is signing on. Tobey Maguire um, is signing on. Although last I heard a couple of days ago, the only real thing was that he was asking for $15 million. Um, and to just pause for that, I just... $15 million for Disney is not... It's really nothing. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's not any amount of cash. Um, and when's the last time we heard from Tobey Maguire, right? I think the last major role he had was like the Great Gatsby or something. Like, uh, like I think that's the last time he had like a real big role. And even then, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that'd be like the last time a major leading role for him right then and there. Um, which has obviously been a while. He may, you know, be looking for work and he hasn't gotten a lot of work. And now this big opportunity comes. He's going to get as much money as he can because when's the next gig coming up, you know? So I I can understand that. Um, As a fan, it's like pay the man. I want to see this film. Pay him whatever he wants. But at the same time, is he a $15 million actor? And also, and I might catch fire for this. I mean, you've seen the title of this episode. It's already like, what is he talking about? Do we need Toby Maguire? Do we? I mean... The only reason why you would have Tobey Maguire is if he's going to be out of costume, or at least he's taken off his mask at some point during the movie, right? If you don't plan on unmasking Spider-Man, I mean, you just take the mask, keep it on his face, keep him in costume, and you're good. Yeah, I'm just saying, possibly, it's a thought, uh, I don't know. I kind of lean that way, that's kind of where I'm coming from right now. Um, Look, I want him in the movie, I want to see him, I want to hear him, I want to I wanna, I wanna experience Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man again, because I did enjoy him as a Peter Parker, he was a good Peter Parker, a decent Spider-Man, 
I think Tom Holland is a okay Peter Parker and a very good Spider-Man. He seems like a very good Spider-Man. Um, Andrew Garfield just, I don't know what the heck that was about. He looked nothing like the comics in terms of Peter Parker personality. Peter Parker was not the cool kid in high school. Like, he just wasn't. He was not this guy, hey, what's up? Yo, yo. No. No. He didn't beat up Flash in the comics. He he had to protect his thing. Never mind. You know, he, he had to pretend like he was weak in order to keep the facade. Um, but in, in, in that ver- in that version, he just was out there, you know, ready to just beat people up before he even got bit. He was ready to do some stuff. I'm like, what? Who is this? What is going on? So I, you know, I don't, I couldn't believe him as a Peter Parker. I just, I'm sorry, he didn't look nerdy. <laughs> Toby McGuire looks nerdy. Tom Holland looks nerdy. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know. This is. Yeah, the the Amazing Spider-Man problem was that it was trying to compete with the Dark Knight trilogy, so it was trying to go with a broady, or I should say, broody, moody tone. And everything was darker. There was it wasn't bright. You know, da, 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 da. it didn't work. <clears throat> Just didn't work. It failed its mission. But you know something. As great as the original Spider-Man trilogy was, and, I mean, The Amazing Spider-Man was an okay movie. The second one wasn't. Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man uh, 2 suffered from a bloated cast, bloated storylines, Right? And it couldn't tell the entire story in the given time frame. That is why I am scared that this upcoming Spider-Man 3 MCU, Spider-Man 3, which is untitled right now. Some people are saying Homecoming 2. Or far, far from yeah, Homecoming two, I think, or something like that. I don't know, <clears throat> whatever. They're calling that Spider Man three. There's already like a Spider Man three, so I'll call it the Spider Man MCU three, or MCU Spider Man three. How about that? MCU Spider Man three versus Spider Man three, the original Tobey Maguire thing with my pop. Okay, great, we got that settled. I'm scared that the MCU Spider-Man 3 is going to have way too much going on. Now, let's look at it from this perspective, right? You have one... uh, There's three storylines that are supposed to be playing out. At least three. There could be more. At least three. One is what we know for certain. Right? I mean, kind of, we basically know it. At the end of Far From Home, it's revealed Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Whoa! Oh my goodness! So you would think that the sequel will now try to figure out 
how to navigate that. What is Peter going to do? How does he get out of the situation with his cover being blown? How can he potentially prove that he's not Spider-Man? Things of that nature. The ramifications with his family and friends. Enemies, you know, that know those people now they're going to target. You know, like Aunt May's at risk. MJ's at risk. You know, Ned's at risk. All these different things. Oh, Ned. Okay, there's four four things. Okay. So, yeah, number one is we got to clean up the sequel, right? We got to clean up that that uh, cliffhanger and resolve that, figure that out, what's happening, the consequences of that. That's scenario one. That's most likely, right? That's a given. The other three are all really speculation. It's really rumors. It's really we're putting pieces together, and that's what it looks like. But we don't have any real concrete evidence, so we kind of have to wait it out. Ned is my number two. Now, in the comics, Ned leads, technically, first of all, isn't even Peter's best friend. Usually in the comics, his best friend is Harry. Ned isn't generally a best friend. Like in the original timeline, he's uh, engaged to Betty Brandt. And like they get married, and uh, it's it's a whole thing. And then, but Peter and Betty are also messing around. It's it's a whole thing. Actually, Betty is Peter's first girlfriend ever, but it's fine. It's fine, or love interest at least. But it's fine. It's fine. Ned does end up becoming the Hobgoblin, which is not quite the same as the Green Goblin. Slightly different. Similar theme of a you know but they're different like it's different um so he becomes the hobgoblin a lot of fans are now speculating because the actor who plays ned he has slimmed down quite a bit i'm a little nervous because he actually looks a little older um i don't know if he can pass as a high schooler anymore um, he was part of the snap, right? So he technically shouldn't have aged, but whatever. I don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, ignoring that, some people are saying he's getting slimmer. He's trimming down because he's going to turn into the hobgoblin. He's going to be jealous of Peter's, you know, and, and what could happen, right? Peter now, everyone knows he's Spider-Man. He might become like, there might be like a celebrity period where like everyone just loves him. Oh my God, Peter! And like Peter gets swept up in the fame, leaves Ned behind. Ned gets jealous. He wants his own setup. You know, he's the guy in the chair. He wants to get some kind of credit. So he, he becomes the hobgoblin or something. Like, I, you know, I don't know how that, that's probably what they would do. With that, uh, you know, again, I don't know for sure. But people are looking at that as like a thing that could happen in the movie. Okay, number three. I saw a headline. Now, I did not read. I did not read the article. I saw a headline that said, yeah, the movie is going to really focus on Peter and MJ's relationship. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so now you're telling me 
that Peter and MJ, in the midst of the other three storylines, are going to get enough attention to develop their relationship? Like, okay, I know the movie isn't going to be a romantic comedy or something, right? It's not going to be a romance movie. But again, with all of this stuff going on, unless MJ is literally going through this stuff with Peter, I don't see how he's going to be connected to her. Right? Because that brings us to the fourth plot line. The multiverse. Okay? Now, here are the facts. Here's what we know. The... um. Scarlet Witch show, Wanda and Vision, and Doctor Strange movie coming out, the sequel. They both deal with multi-universe, right? We know that Doctor Strange is going to be in the Spider-Man film coming up, right? We know this. He signed on. Like, he's an official credit. He's in there. So, obviously, Marvel and Sony, mainly Marvel, because they're the ones with the creative licensing here to create the whole plot because it's part of their universe. Sony's just letting them use Spider-Man. So, Marvel, Disney, they must have had it in their plan, their agenda. For an extended period of time to create a Spider-Man universe, multiverse, within the MCU. Right? So they're bringing in two other Spider-Men. And it just so happened that they're trying to bring in the the former Sony Spider-Man. Now look, their script. Probably didn't include the Sony Spider-Man. Their script probably included two other Spider-Man that they could pick from. I mean, there's so many other Spider-Man that they could choose from. Right? They could choose any other Spider-Man that they want. Who cares? So really, in all actuality, the Sony thing is just a cute little nostalgia thing to get more fans... You know, more people in the seats, hypothetically, because people might actually be at home if if the you know pandemic hasn't calmed down yet. But because <clears throat> I'm not going into a theater anytime soon, so but, you know, um, <clears throat> so you have a situation where they already wrote in, probably before they were talking to these guys, you know, Toby and Andrew. They probably had it written in. This is going to be a movie that has multiple Spider-Men in it. Right? So. Where does that fit in the movie? Is that towards the end? As a cliffhanger that leads to Doctor Strange's movie? Because look. Here's what you could say. Right? Here's what you could say. The first half of the movie. Might be. The first uh, three plot lines, right? Peter dealing with the aftermath of the reveal. Ned 
turned into the dark side and his relationship with MJ through all of that, right? Maybe the first half or like the first three quarters, right? And then things ramp up to where now we have Dr. Strange shows up. Or we cut to a scene with Dr. Strange in, in his house and some kind of dimension breaks down, like a, a barrier or something breaks down. And all of a sudden we see Dr. Ock, the puss, and we see Electra, right? The, the bad guys, they come out and they wrecking havoc. And maybe Dr. Strange says, okay, where you guys came from, let me go over there and see if I can get reinforcements. And he runs into the other Spider-Man. And he says, hey, look, your guy is over here wrecking havoc in my timeline. Could you come help? They say, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. They come and help. Like, it could be something like that. That's like the last quarter of the movie. And then they're sent off. Like, they defeat Doc Ock and Electro and whoever else they sign up. Maybe Ned's part of it. You know, I don't know. Right. They beat him. They defeat him. That's the end of the movie. And then now Doctor Strange is like, huh, that bear fell. Or maybe while he's dealing with that one fallen bear, other bears, like it's a ripple effect, other bears start to fall down. And now Doctor Strange's movie is going to be him trying to fix it all up and then shut it down, right? Maybe the stuff that Wanda does, Wanda Vision, that stuff in that show creates havoc. And, and impacts Doctor Strange's world, you know. Now, WandaVision is supposed to come out before the Spider-Man movie. So it's possible that that show could impact stuff that happens in Spider-Man's movie as well. We don't know. We don't know the official timeline of when these different things are taking place. And because you're doing timelines and you're moving throughout the past, the future, the present... Who knows when stuff is happening at this point? It's going to start getting kind of messy to keep track of what year is what. Um, you know, so I don't know. But that's going to be interesting to look at, I think. that You know, that's going to be really interesting to see if that's the flow of the movie. Now, you know, obviously we don't know how much weight everything holds. The only thing, and again... I don't know if they can do all of it in one movie. Right? Now, I have I have seen that they said this is going to be the longest Spider-Man movie that we've ever seen. Now, you're going to have to get to about two and a half hours if you're going to beat that record. Right? Let me, let me look real quick. Let me look. Let me make sure. Spider-Man are... From home. Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home was two hours, nine minutes. So yeah, you're going to have to get to about two and a half hours if you're going to have the longest Spider-Man movie made. Can a two and a half hour movie work? Might hit three. Like, I don't know what all they're trying to do. Far From Home... As long as it ran, it had only like one plot line, really, right? It was Peter dealing with Tony Stark's death. 
and the legacy and all of that. And he runs into Mysterio and then that like it was a very straightforward plot. There wasn't a lot of things happening. It was just that one thing. And they needed two hours to to flesh that out. Right? You're telling me that in what? Let's say, let's say, let's just say it's two and a half hours. You're going to be able to take care of those four plot lines. The romantic element. Ned leads making his transformation. Dealing with the aftermath. The multiverse. Now, I have heard some people say. Some people suggest like, okay, hey, what if. <clears throat> Which I think this is a cheap cop out. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't really like it if this was the only time. So here, let me tell you what 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 is being said. Oh, let's you know, let's have Peter Parker walking around and Tobey Maguire in his Spider Man costume is swinging around, or Andrew Garfield is swinging around. Oh, look, there's Spider Man and here's Peter. How could they be the same? Right. And I don't think that Disney would do that. I just, I don't see Disney and Marvel, like, I don't see them doing that. I think that bringing in Toby and Andrew is going to have a lot more ramifications. And they're going to be pulled in for more than a little cameo like that. If it's only for a cameo, it's going to have more significance than that. I feel like. like like their cameo, I feel like is more it's going to be more themed for Doctor Strange. Here's the thing about this Spider-Man movie. This Spider-Man movie is a bridge movie. This is really technically honestly the first movie of Phase 4. Now, you're going to say, "Okay, well, you know, Black Widow, but Black Widow is a prequel." Okay? So we're going back in time first before we launch the current present timeline, right? So in my my world, in my head, Black Widow is probably going to summarize more of phase three events and give more insight. There's probably going to be a few things that we'll see that along the line will impact how phase four plays out. But I think it's more of good goodbye, Black Widow, you know, a sign off for her, as well as plugging in a few holes that we may have seen throughout the movies. And even like Marvel's Agents of Shields, the TV show. And maybe even Agent Carter. Like I I don't know how far back in time it's gonna go. Um, you know, so <clears throat> You know, is she going to be hearing about Captain Marvel? Like, I don't know. But I'm not really looking at Black Widow as the launch of Phase 4. Like, it is, but it isn't. Spider-Man is the bridge that... He's the catalyst. That movie is going to be the catalyst for what this movie is... This uh, phase is going to be about, I feel like. That's just how I feel. I could be wrong on that. But that's where I'm coming from. So I feel like whatever happens with Peter Parker and the other Peter Parkers, 
is going to directly impact Doctor Strange's movie. So I highly doubt that the only reason why they would be in that movie is to get Peter Parker out of that jam. It would be so weird. And then they just leave. Like they come in, do it, and then leave. Now, some people could argue and say, okay, well, what if Doctor Strange sees that happen? It's like, hey, how did that happen? And then he starts doing some investigation, and then, oh, that's his movie now. But like I said, between Wanda Vision Show and the Spider-Man movie taking place before Doctor Strange, I think those two elements are going to play a part. We're going to see the ramifications of those moments in his movie. Maybe they're meant to play parallel to the movie. I don't know. You know, some stuff happened around the same time in the timeline, but obviously the movies are released separately because, you know, obviously. But that could be part of what we're dealing with. So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to clean up Peter's image. This would be a first time that Peter is unmasked. And Peter, you know... He, when you look at the MCU, he's really the only, okay, let's call him an Avenger, even though the Avengers are pretty much done. Let's call him an Avenger. He's the only one that's actually masked. Everyone else, they don't have a mask. Like, their identity is, like, we know who you are. Like, we know Captain America. We know Iron Man. We know Black Widow. We we know the Hulk. We know all of their personal you know, identities. Peter was the only one who had to literally lead a double life. And it was kind of refreshing to see that in the MCU because you didn't really see that. And there's so many things that you could do with that. Different plot points that you can play with that you couldn't with the other movies. I'm just saying... So I don't know if Marvel is just going to say he'll just be, we'll just know his identity. I don't, I don't think I like that. It defeats why he wears the mask, right? Why do I need to wear a mask? You know who I am. Everyone knows who I am. If he's in the iron spider suit that Iron Man made him, okay, cool. Because now I'm in a suit and I have all this technology and stuff. Which is fine. And it protects me from, you know, it's just fine. But Iron Man was a dude. Tony Stark was a guy. Peter Parker is a super guy. He's got, you know, strength and acrobatic finishes and all of this. So I, you know, I don't like him maskless. I don't, I don't really like that. His mask is cool, bruh. He's, he's a cool mask. <laughs> And, uh, you know, but it's just, how are they, Here, here's my guess, okay? The Ned storyline, I think it's going to be an undercurrent. I think, like I said originally, sorry, I dropped my recorder. I, like I said originally, Ned was probably going to get jealous of like the instant fame that Peter gets. From, you know, things, I guess, being exposed. 
and then Ned tries to be a hero himself and, and have like all the girls over him. You know what I mean? Um, so it's possible that that's, but it's not played out as much, right? It's probably just tucked underneath as a secondary or tertiary plot that's like the next, the fourth Spider-Man film that would be like the premise. Kind of like the original Spider-Man trilogy, right? So in Spider-Man 2, the whole movie, Harry basically is hating on Peter because of Spider-Man and his dad and all of this. We see that the whole movie. Then towards the end, right? He runs into his father's stuff. The third movie, now he's coming for Peter. Basically the beginning of the movie, right? He's just he's flat out, I'm gonna kill Peter. This is it. The beginning of the movie starts off like that. So <clears throat> I can see them doing that with Ned, where like Peter is dealing with like the main attraction, right? Which is I guess his main thing is dealing with Doctor Octopus and Electro. And I and then and then like, okay, what about uh Vulture, right? And Scorpion. Oh my gosh. I forgot about them. Because remember, you know, Vulture ended up in jail. He met a guy named Mark. We saw the Scorpion tattoo. You can kind of put two and two together. He's meant to be the Scorpion, right? So he's the Scorpion. You got Vulture. Are they going to be in it? I I thought I saw something like early this year that they were going to be in the movie too. Um... If they play a part in it, how big is their part? You know what I'm saying? There's so many. And I mean, they could be leading up to a Sinister Six face-off. <clears throat> they would have enough villains at that point to pull it off. And if you have a Sinister Six situation, then Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire come in to help Tom Holland. And the three of them go against those guys. That would be pretty epic. But it would be unrealistic. You're going to tell me that Vulture is going to get out. And listen, listen. Now, after the snap, all hell probably broke loose, right? It's more than reasonable to believe that the Scorpion and the Vulture escaped prison. So many people died off. Maybe they were part of the snap. We don't even know. Like, we don't know. But it's possible that... Out of the chaos, they ended up in a different situation, got certain equipment, and now, you know, he's a scorpion, he's he's vulture. They're ready to get revenge. Now they know, okay. And, but again, Vulture knew who Peter Parker was, who Spider-Man was, right? That, that little cliffhanger between him and, and Scorpion kind of obsolete, right? Because not everybody knows. So, like, who cares? It's not even a big secret anymore. Like, everybody knows. But you got those two, right? Um, I don't know. I guess you'll have Doc Ock and Electro. So that's, that's four. Ned, if he does make the leap, will be five as the Goblin. And they were talking about Bringing in the goblin from uh, William Defoe and uh, whatever the kid, 
his name started with a D or something. From the goblins from the the Sony Spider Man movies. <clears throat> so they would have like seven villains at that point. And I I don't know. I don't know. You know. So if you do a, a Sinister Six, I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like Ned is a very undercurrent plot that would show up in the sequel. I think he would manifest in the sequel as the main guy. Right now, we're we're gonna build him up while other stuff is going on, which I think it would be a smart move. I think it would be the best move. Um and it 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 would work. It makes sense. Like it just it works. So now that we've trimmed it down you know I can see the the romantic element is the one that, and because I didn't read the article I can't I can't talk about too much of what how they plan on making it work but I also know yet again they signed the um they signed Mary Jane Kristen Dunst and they signed Gwen Stacy uh, from the Amazing Spider-Man uh, movies to be, you know, reprise their roles too. Like, this is going to have a lot of people. And that's the thing. That's what's getting me. Like, you're signing all of these people. I'm guessing a lot of these characters are going to have cameos. Right? What are they really going to bring to the table? <laughs> I, I don't know. We don't have a, we don't even have a Gwen in our regular timeline, right? Like this current MCU version, there is no Gwen. Is there a Gwen? I missed the Gwen. I don't think there's a Gwen. We don't know a Gwen. So, for crying out loud, they changed MJ to a, a different name. She's not even Mary Jane. Like they just was like, forget the comics. We're gonna rename these characters. We're just gonna rename everything. Uh okay. I mean, whatever. But I can't. I, I feel like the girls would have like a cameo. Like, remember, are we traveling? That's the real question. Is Spider Man, is Tom Holland going to be traveling to the other dimensions? Is he going to Tobey Maguire? Is he going to Andrew Garfield? I don't know. The other question that I have, if he's traveling to those dimensions, these universes, who's alive, who's dead? Like Doc Ock, he's, he died, so we thought. But what if, now some people are saying, oh, he's retconned. And maybe he's actually alive. The energy from that ball that he made kept him alive or something, right? Like, you could BS it. But what if he tra- he he goes into that dimension, that universe, at a time during Spider-Man 2? Like, the actual Spider-Man 2 movie, we get to see, like, a, a an, an unseen fight that the two of them had. Or... Or now, now here's here's something even better. We've seen this before. We now I'm getting excited. We've seen this before. Remember back in um, Endgame when they traveled back in time and they watched 
they were based we we got to watch previous movies and scenes from a different perspective, a different point of view, right? This isn't going to be the same though. Now, this is going to be slightly different in that we're not time traveling, right? So we're just going to another universe which may just so happen to be playing out at that time. We may end up going to Tobey Maguire's universe while he's fighting Dr. Octopus. We end up seeing Tom Holland getting involved in that fight. Maybe the two of them go against Doc Ock. Whatever. We might see him go to Andrew Garfield's universe in the middle of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Maybe he helps save Gwen's life. We don't know. Like, there's so many different ways. We don't have to necessarily go after the movie's conclusion. We could go inside of the movie. Just like with Endgame. We could. I'm just spitballing here. We just, we could. We could. Those are some of the ways that we could look at this and say, okay, we could fit. A lot of these plot points in here. And again. I ha- I feel comfortable. That they said. This should be the longest Spider-Man movie we've gotten. And I'm not going to lie. I feel like you're going to need three hours. Okay. I feel like it's going to need three hours. Unless. The only way you're going to get away with. Two and a half, right? Or two, or whatever. Only one of those plots is going to dominate the movie. If you have too much stuff going on at the same time, nothing's going to get the proper attention. I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough faith in Marvel that they could carry that out. I think a good point, a good case would be the Civil War movie. I refuse to call it Captain America. It was not a Captain America movie. It was an Avengers movie. Stop. Get over yourself. The Civil War movie introduced a ton of characters, had a lot going on, and it just it felt bloated. One of the rare, and even then it was still a great movie, but one of the rare, like, uh, of the MCU. Let's go to Netflix. Let's go to Netflix. I don't know how many of you have watched the Marvel series on Netflix. But when they did the Defenders, which is Netflix's version of the Avengers, that did not go well at all. There was a lot of plot points that had to be worked out. And I mean, that was a TV show. So you had episodes to try to flesh it out. They still couldn't do it. It was still bloated. It was crazy bad um so the mcu has had a few struggles with bloated um plot lines and things that all of these things going on at the same time and that's part of the problem when you have a connected universe because now every movie has to be the movie but it's also a preview of the next movie 
So you have to fit all of this extra stuff in there to get people, oh, okay, I got to watch the next one to see what happens with that. Or if I'm watching a current movie, oh, I should have watched the movie before in order to understand. I remember, like, my mom was watching Black Panther movie in theaters. And Black Panther, when it was coming out, the African-American community was like, oh, my God, yes! And I was so mad because so many people were going to be watching this movie without any context of the character or any of the plots that were going to be taking place. This wasn't even his first appearance in the MCU, but whatever, whatever. And what happened? My mom was confused half of the movie, asking, where is he from? Who's that guy? Why did she do that? And I just was like, you didn't watch the other movies, so you would know. Like it's you know, so unfortunately, Marvel and like I said earlier, this is a bridge movie to Doctor Strange to launching the entire phase four. This is a bridge movie. So they're going to have to put a lot of stuff in there to be a catalyst for what's gonna happen. And I think Doctor Strange is also going to be a bridge in itself. Doctor Strange might get us the Fantastic Four, X-Men. His movie might lay the groundwork for that. And Spider-Man is going to lay the groundwork for Doctor Strange. And like I said, every movie is laying the groundwork for another movie. So I'm scared that Marvel might put too much in this movie. I think they people said that about Iron Man 2 or 3. Like one of the Iron Man movies was really bad and people just called it an Avengers prequel. Like it was just a setup for the Avengers. It wasn't even an Iron Man movie. Like it's one of those where we're going to I think it was Iron Man 2. We're going to see a situation. I'm scared that so much of what happens in that movie won't even matter. For Tom Holland directly. It will matter more for the universe as a whole. Which may very well take away from the quality of the single movie. Sacrificing the single movie to improve the quality and status of the movie's following. And like I said, that was my fear. That's how I would summarize why this movie may disappoint. It might. This movie may be a disappointment. Now, I don't know the split of input. I'm pretty sure Marvel has all creative input. I don't know if Sony has any kind of input for how Spider-Man is portrayed. I don't know if they have input for how Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield would be. <clears throat> because those are technically Sony characters. I mean, Tom Holland is also a Sony character. But now you're asking for the... I don't know. It's a somewhat complicated thing. But I'm guessing Toby and Andrew would follow the same protocols that Tom would be under. I'm going to just have to assume that. They're all from Sony... It's all part of that same agreement. It's not like a new agreement is being made. But at the same time, they're probably being hired by Disney. 
Like Tom Holland is most likely hired by Sony. I don't know if Sony, uh, I don't know if Andrew and Toby are signing with Sony or if they're signing with Disney. And I think that's going to be the big difference. But again, I don't, you know, I don't know how much impact Sony's going to have with the script and, and the plot and all of these different things. I don't know if Sony is exclusively just, you can use whoever you want, good luck, and just, that's it. You see what I'm saying? So, because if Sony has some say, they just did an amazing Into the Spider-Verse movie. Like, they... And and let's get this straight. The MCU is big and huge. Sony's been trying to do that since the original Sam Raimi trilogy. Remember, they they was trying to get the Sinister Six. They were working on all these different movies, including the Venom movie that we eventually got with Tom Hardy. They were trying to do that stuff in the early 2000s. Before, before Disney even bought Marvel, they were trying to do that stuff. And Sony proved that they have, they can kind of make it work. That animated movie was the best Spider-Man movie I've seen. It is the best one out there. And I'll have a separate review for that on another episode. But that was an incredible movie. I think they did a great job with Miles. And I think that they were able to incorporate the other Spider-Man perfectly into the narrative of the movie. If the live action movie is like that animated movie, with obviously varying differences and things like that, it could be a really solid movie. It can. I don't believe that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be a different take. And I think those other Spider-Men are going to be in small capacity. I think it's one of those big name, small roles. I honestly think that's probably what it's going to come down to. Maybe an epic fight at the end of the movie where all of a sudden everyone just comes out of nowhere like an endgame. And all the portals open up and then everyone just hops out and is like, yeah, let's go. Let's go and fight. You know, like it, it might, it, it's probably going to be one of those. It would still be crazy. But I, I, I if I had a wish and a hope. My wish and hope is that Marvel would actually follow Sony's lead with their animated movie. They did a fantastic job with Into the Spider-Verse. Another multi-dimensional Spider-Man element they could look at is uh, the video game Shattered Dimensions. Um... That was a good move, uh, movie. Good game. That was a good video game. I loved playing that game. You got to play as four different Spider-Man. Uh, four different power sets. It was pretty good. And they all were connected because of a stone that kept, to, kept all the dimensions split. But when the stone was shattered, the dimensions were shattered. Shattered dimensions. Oh, wow. How original. Uh, oh. Um, so that would be my hope, my prayer, my plea. Get to that point. Um, and I think that that would be the ultimate way of looking at it. I, I think if you like that video game had it to where the four of them were trying to each get a, a piece of that busted tile. So they all ended up working together towards the end 
to defeat the one common uh, antagonist, which was Mysterio. Just so happened in that game, it was Mysterio. Um, so, like, in the movie, the Tom Holland movie, you could have, you know, some scenes focused exclusively on Toby and his part in the whole thing. And then Andrew and his part in the whole thing. And Tom and his part in the whole thing. You could look at it like that. I think it'd be better if you did the Into the Spider-Verse movie. I think that's a better way of orchestrating that kind of a movie. But you have some things that you can look at. And, of course, the comic books. What did the comic books do when you had Spider-Man from other places come in, drop by to help out, and then dip? You know, so you... I mean, there's some ways that they can look at it, how it was done well and properly. Because Spider... The Spider-Verse has been going on for years. All of these Spider-Man on top of one another, you know, this and that and the other. It's been going on for years. This isn't some kind of new concept to Marvel and to comic book fans. This isn't new. Live action, it's new. Movies in general, it's new. Comic books, it's not old. Maybe middle age. Eh, maybe teenager. Let's say teenager, right? So I think that would be something to look forward to. And I honestly, I think that is how the movie should really play out. Into the Spider-Verse, obviously there's going to be some narrative differences and things of that nature, but ultimately Andrew and Toby should be supporting characters of Tom. <clears throat> they don't dominate. Maybe they help teach Tom and be a mentor to Tom and how to be a Spider-Man. Just like in the movie, you know, that Peter Parker was like a mentor to Miles and things of that nature. So you have different ways of looking at it and organizing it. Um, but actually, yeah, honestly, definitely. And I might do a separate recording just talking about how in-depth it could go in terms of putting those two together. But um, I think that's going to be it for this episode of Watching the Webhead. We'll do my outro. Um, but you guys let me know what you think. Okay, let me know how you think this movie's going to go, what you would want to see, and uh, what you don't want to see. How confident am I? I'm pretty confident it'll be a good movie. I have my fears and doubts, but I'm confident it will be, at the worst, an average movie. The MCU has done a great job. They've hit after hit after hit. Very few duds. So... We have to just keep trusting until they prove otherwise that they can't handle it, okay? So we just got to be like, give them the benefit of the doubt. They've done it for over a decade of high-quality stuff. We got to keep going with it until they officially just run out of stuff to do. Like, it, I mean, that's really the only thing we've got left. Um, so thanks for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you. Keep swinging. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you want more, make sure you follow my uh, podcast here on whatever platform you're listening to. I don't know where you're at, really. Um, and, you know, check out my website, dullinell.com, and follow me on Twitter. I'll be tweeting Spider-Man stuff and 76ers stuff and other random stuff. Stuff, right? What is that web fluid made out of anyway? Stuff? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Keep swinking.